Welcome to Orphan Media. This is our total guest. We are in Parsons Bahalaiska, and we've been talking for the past couple of days about the idea of uh, illuminating uh, the lamp, everyone's lamp, and everybody's lamp, everything's lamp, in, everything's inner light from within, making every single person and every single thing in the world independently luminous. Luminous. It's no longer about the experts have the light, and then the the teachers have the light and the students don't, and the students have to just be receivers all the time. But the new way is, the more Gauladic way is, that the, the, the teacher starts to teach, but then the student has to be illuminated from within himself so that he then becomes a teacher, and he becomes an independent source of light. And, and we don't only do it with our, with our students, but we do it with every object in the world. That's what we've been saying. So, where you put the pushka in your room, um, in any particular room, you you make the decision, where should I put it? Where it will have an influence. It will then become independently luminous and call out to me, hey, hi, wait a minute, give tzedakah. As we pass it, it will call out to me. Which makes us understand, uh, drop the idea that in Mashiach times, the, the sidewalk, the stones will call out to you. They will have an independent light. So they, they will have their own life. They will be influential on their own. Now, you will have made them influential because all through history, we did mitzvahs on the sidewalks. So we, 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 we brought the light of Kedusha to the sidewalk, to the street. We did all the mitzvahs we've done in the street. There are two kinds of mitzvahs we've done in the street. The ones where we willingly did mitzvahs and Rahman unfortunately, um, where Kiddush Hashem has happened in the streets. All through, all, and that's all through Jewish history. And those streets became very, very holy, and those rocks and those stones became very, very holy. We don't want that any that one anymore, but tomorrow night is Chav Sivan, and as we keep saying, that was the first blood libel. That was the very first real blood libel where the whole town went al Kiddush Hashem. So all of the the earth and everything, just like we know, the earth in Poland and the earth in Germany is holy in that it's soaked with Jewish blood. And it's clearly, it's beyond, there are no words to how horrific it is. At the same time, then, we understand that that earth, we're also going to say that the people who live on that earth don't, on that territory, really don't deserve to because it's holy land. So how do they who did such evil deserve to live in such holy land? So uh, it will all come together in the Shiach times and we'll, we'll understand. But it brings us to the idea of, okay, so every piece of sidewalk that you're walking on when you're thinking some Torah, you're saying some words of Torah, you're, you're, just, you're, you're having love, love of Hashem in your heart as you're walking on that sidewalk, you're infusing the light of Hashem into that sidewalk, and then there will come a point where the sidewalk will come back and it will send you back its light. I'm going to give a very quick example of this. Many years ago, a friend who doesn't speak very good English asked me to help her um, call the phone company and get her long distance on her line. In the days when people actually, everybody used landlines only. So we spent a long time on the phone. She couldn't have negotiated it on her own. And we got her unlimited international long distance for a very, very, very inexpensive price. Maybe a year later, I was 
out of the country. I was in Canada, and it was up in the mountains, really extremely isolated, and people were going... Some people were staying with me. It wasn't it wasn't very pleasant. It was very isolated, and it wasn't extremely pleasant at night either. And um, somebody was staying with me, and they left. But somebody else was coming. But the new person who was coming was delayed. And it was a little disconcerting in the middle of the forest all by myself. It's nighttime. I wasn't too thrilled. So I think I somehow ended up in a conversation with this friend who didn't speak such good English on the phone. And um, and I told her I was kind of nervous. So she said, okay, well, it might take them a couple of hours to arrive, your friend. And I said, yeah, it might take a couple of hours. She said, I'll stay on the phone with you. Said, You'll stay on, well, wow, thank you. That's really nice. So I, I, I mean, I'm going to get all on and off the phone, but I'll leave the phone off the hook and I'll keep coming back to the phone. I said, it's going to cost you $500. How are you going to do that? She said, no, you arranged long international long distance for me. You did it. You made this long distance line for me. So now you're getting the benefit of it. Now, because you made a long distance plan for me, and I can speak to Canada forever without it costing extra, now that you need, I'm here, you're in Canada, I'm telling you I will stay on the phone with you for those those two hours. So it it brings home that idea that you infuse Kedusha into the sidewalk as you're walking down the sidewalk. There will come a moment when the Kedusha that you put into the sidewalk will come back and influence you. And that's what we know. The rocks will speak to us in the Mishnah Mashiach. And clearly the rocks only aren't going to only speak to us and, and, and tell us Musa. They're going to tell us good things. They're not just going to say, you shouldn't be walking on me if this and that. You know, they will have pleasant things to say. And probably 99.9%, they're going to say good things. They'll teach us. We even see today, you, you can be walking on the sand and you see a seashell and it brings out a whole Indian uh, in Chassidus, in, in or you can see a blue plastic tail on the sand um, by the ocean, and then as I did the other day, and I thought it will come in handy. There will come a moment when that pail will be the, come, the basis of, of a shear, which will then influence many, many people. So we put Kedusha into it. It goes deep within. We need to know how to do it, and then it comes back, and it becomes a source of influence even to us. Okay, so now we are going into the question, and it has everything to do with this. Remember, we said at the beginning that there are five books of Moses, but there are also seven books of Moses. Seven books of Moses because in this week of Parshas Baalaisa, there there are two psukim starting with Vayihid bin Soa Aram um, and the, speaking about the Aram traveling in the in the desert um, and these two psukim constitute a safer in themselves. So that means that Parshas Baalaisa has three different sarim in it. So if you count it all up, because because of that, you have, we said, Gracious, Shmeis, Vayikra, that's three, Bamidbar, up until these two Psukim, that's four, then these two Psukim, that's five, then the rest of Bamidbar, and then Devarim, that comes out to seven. So the question is, what is the difference whether you divide the Chumash, the Torah, into five or seven? And it's all the difference in the world. And I'm going to just introduce it by the following words that, that start out in the Sikha. There are two ways of, that we live. 
One is you're working on yourself, and the other one is you're working on the world. And especially when you're talking about working in the world, the, the Avaita is called the Avaita of um, um, uh, the Avaita of the world is in in holiness and then in mundane stuff. The Avaita in the world in holiness is, you know, I'm saying Mishnayas, etc. And then there's I'm buying zucchinis. They're on sale. I'm going to, you know, or I'm I'm buying Ezekiel bread and I'm buying five of them and I'm putting them in the freezer. That's not an obviously holy Avaita. That's called the Avaita in, in Yanam of the world. And sometimes even the lowest, lowest aspect of the world, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever that would look like. Looks like what's going on in the streets these days. So as it is in Kedusha, um, both in both in Jewish people and both in Torah, there are, there are these two things. Everything's divided. When we're talking about holiness and mundane, there's five and there's seven. There, let's talk about ourselves. Let's talk about kedusha. There are the seven seven branches of the menorah. Why are there seven? Those correspond to the seven types of Jewish people. Seven types of neshamas, seven ways of serving Hashem. There's somebody who, there's chesed, dvor, teferes, netzach, yisai, and malchus. Some people serve Hashem more with chesed. They're very chesedic. That's their basic approach. Some people more with gvura. They're, and some people more with, with a blend. Some people, their main energy, so some people's main energy is just their givers. Other people, their main energy is they're very exactly, they like things to be, you know, very, very exact, which is more gvora. The other people, their whole energy is about taking things to the end, you know, nesach, you know, getting things done right to the end, etc. Some people are receivers, malchus, some people are yisoid, it's all about, they like to ground things, they like to bond a lot. So there are these seven different ways of serving Hashem, and seven different types of Jewish people. And so now we, un- we understand what seven has to do with us. Why would there be seven, seven Torahs, seven books in the, in the Torah? Because there are seven different kinds of Jews and seven different ways of doing it. Now, are there five different kinds of Jews also? Five different kinds of Yidin? There are. Where do we see it? In Pirkei Avos, in um, um it says that there were five Talmudim to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. He had, four, he had five different kinds of Talmudim. One is a cistern, that, and one is, a, one is like a, a sieve, and one is like this. He had five different types of Talmudim, and I think these, these Talmudim were delineated. So um, what, why do we need to know that? That means there are five different types of Jewish people. Why? Just because Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had five different types of Talmudim? Yeah, because... Who was he and where did he stand in history? At the moment when the Gullus was going to begin, when the second base of Egypt was going to be destroyed, we know that the Yidden came to, Reb Geisham and Menzakai went to the Caesar or the representative of Caesar and said, Kainli Yavnit Vichachmeha. He did not, uh, Reb Geisham and Menzakai did not ask that the base of Egypt not be destroyed. It wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been granted that wish. So he asked for other things. 
one of the main things that he asked for, the main thing was, let me have a town called Yavne. Let me take all the Torah scholars there so that they will not, God forbid, perish. And let me gather them all. Let this become the new center of Torah. Yerushalayim is clearly going to be wiped out. Rachman Let me take all of this Torah scholarship to Yavne, and it will become the new center. And from there, Torah scholarship will continue, as opposed to, God forbid, being wiped out. And after that, generations were born in more generations and more and more and more and more and more. Okay. And so we sit here and learn Tyra today because Reb Yechon and Ben made sure that Torah learning would continue. Perfect. We are those students. We are the students of the students of the students of the students who were sent to Yavna. Who asked for it? Reb Yechon and Ben so here it says Reb Yechon and Zaka has five different kinds of students. Well, you're one of the five. There are five styles. There's seven styles of serving Hashem, according to the seven branches of the Menaira. And then there are five styles of learning Taira. It's one thing to serve Hashem, which means you can do all kinds of things. When you're serving Hashem, you're either learning a Mishnah, or you're buying zucchini, or you're buying extra Ezekiel bread. You're doing all kinds of things, holy things, not holy things, mundane things. When you're not, when you're doing all kinds of stuff in life, holy and mundane, we're divided into seven. Some people are just givers, like, hey, guess what? They had Ezekiel bread on sale, so I brought, I bought 20. I'm going to keep one for myself, and I'm going to give you 19 because I thought you might like it. Thanks, I don't have a deep tree. Okay, but, so some people are more like that, and other people are like, wait a minute, they're mine, you know, ask me when you want a slice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when we're involved in life and holiness, all kinds of stuff, we're divided into seven. There are seven different ways. But when we're involved in Kedusha, in holiness, pure holiness, learning Torah, etc., then we're divided into five. How do we know? Because Rabbi Yechon and Ben Zaka had five different types of students, five different styles of being involved in learning Torah. And we are those students. We're the students of the students of the students of the students that he made sure would continue to exist and can, and proliferate Torah learning. So there are five different ways of learning Torah. There are five different ways of serving God in holiness. So now it gives us a bit of a hint into why we would have seven, seven books of, of the Torah and five books of the Torah. They're both true because one is, are you, are you looking at yourself as you're involved in pure holiness? Right now I'm sitting in a shul and I'm learning. Now that's very different from sitting on my front porch where, you know, UPS is going to come and all kinds of stuff. And at the same time, I'm accepting the package and closing the gate, opening the gate and all that other stuff. Here I'm doing nothing other than learning Torah, which makes me wonder why I keep trying to do this year on my porch when UPS keeps coming in or somebody comes to do the leaves. In this shul, nobody is coming to sweep up the leaves. So so there are two different ways of living. The five way, your holiness, and the seven way, holiness and mundane, together. Um, (laughs) 
So again, so to, to recap, we're going to say that one of the differences between five and seven is five is connected mostly with holiness, with Kedusha. And, um, and seven is connected with dealing with the world. Briyas. Remember we said, Ayyadatha Briyas, love the creations and, and bring them closer to Tyra. So seven is more a, a way of serving Hashem when you're out there in the street. So the, the interesting thing is between, you have, what are the seven needles? Chesed, Vur, Teferis, Netzach, and then socks. Now, the last two are Yisait and Malchus. Okay, so notice that. So what is the difference between the first five and the last two? We know that for us in this generation, Yisait and Malchus is a pair. Yisait and Malchus is a lot of stuff. It's um, masculine and feminine. Um, Malchus is feminine. Yisait, which includes all the ones above it, is masculine. You know, I'm going to leave this part, but... um, we're going to say like this. That's the difference between the, the Yidden who are divided into seven. They're, they're people who are basically in the world. You know, when you're on the train and you're going to your job at corporate America, you're living a seven-ish kind of a life and nothing wrong with it. Your life is, you know, most of the day you are taking the train, sitting on your computer, you know, uh, Whatever you're doing, work at your desk or managing a team, whatever you do. This seven includes, so you're involved in something, some very lofty things and then some really like yucky stuff. For instance, in your job, one of your job descriptions may be to have to um, work out disputes among the different workers, which get really ugly. You know, every time there's, every time people aren't working together professionally well, you may be the person who has to mediate between them and make sure that the, that the team is producing. And it could get into some pretty grungy emotions. You know, you have, you call a, you call a lunchtime session and this guy is saying nasty things about that guy and all that. And part of your job is you've got to listen to all the junk and you've got to mediate between them. So you're involved in, kind of lower stuff and you really don't want to hear you really don't want to hear this is your job and not everybody can say I'm not dealing with this this may be what you were sent into the world to do there are people who are um, mediation lawyers Um, they're very well paid it's a good idea to be very well paid because it's a lousy job so there are many 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 people in the world that's what they do mediation marital mediation business mediation etc etc it's not, it's not a fun thing. That's a seven-ish type of a job. And the seven part of it is really the last two pieces of it. The lower two, you know, the aside and Malchus. You know, you've got to get people, aside to bond with each other, to realize, hey, wait a minute, guys, we're on the same side. This is not a war. We work in the same company. Let's get along. Let's not, let's not do dirty fighting. Let's bond, you know, let's all, you know, hold hands and, you know, let's all do a meditation and see ourselves as one wonderful company, you know, something like that. Because we've got to bond, because otherwise it's getting nasty. 
and Malchus, we have, you know, we have a purpose. We have a vision. We're going to take this somewhere. So, um, but the, the, the lowest two levels have to do with those creations that are kind of the furthest, furthest from Hashem. Um, so the same thing with Tyra, we said. Tyra comes in the number five, and Tyra comes in the number seven. Because Tyra, let's just say that, uh, well, we once saw on COL, they showed us a picture of a very old-timer, older, older, chassid, very great chassid teacher, etc. that I don't think he speaks English, um, sitting in front of his computer, they clearly went through a lot. And he's, can I know, a more, you know, zikne anash, older, older teacher. Um, and <laughs> showed a picture of him sitting in front of his computer and editing sikhas and, um, et cetera, doing all kinds of work with sikhas and maimaram on his computer. So it was very, it was a funny picture because it didn't seem didn't seem like the type that could learn how to use a computer, but this is when a, a, the classical Torah scholar that we know is with, you know, the frayed yellow talus and et cetera, always, it's got, always got to be yellow and yellow tissues and the hot day, so he's wearing his very yellow tissues on the outside of his yellowing shirt and his beard is white and it's already yellow and and everything about him is, you know, yellow and worn and all of that. And he's pouring over yellowed books, themes, you know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. That's as he is in five. When you see him, a picture of him sitting in front of his desktop, in front of his computer, and you see Safer Maimarim on the screen, obviously, Baruch Hashem, that's as he is in the world of seven. What's the difference between five and seven? Just the last two pieces. Five, then there's six, seven. The six, seven, the six, seven makes a difference between five and seven, obviously. So, and that's us too. We can't just, we, we went just before Shavuot from, you know, those of us who had the luxury of sitting in our homes and learning Torah and teaching Torah and learning Torah and teaching Torah and then, boom, right after Mountain Torah, you know, the chaos on the streets, it went, the world, the world went from five to seven. I would say, before Shavuot, from Purim to Shavuot in New York, the world was kind of five-ish. You know, five type of, uh, the world was really thinking of higher ideals. Those people who were, you know, on track. A lot of people across the world, not definitely not necessarily Jewish, were thinking about higher ideals. and 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 coming out of this, with a a, a, a a world, a higher world, a more spiritual world, a more divine world, a world that, that comes from a, a more divine perspective. Everybody was, relatively speaking, living in the world of five, or, or whoever was ready for that, sat in their homes and was working on, on creating a world of five, you know, a very kind of beautiful, idealistic, world that will lead to a world of peace. And then we had Shavuot, Matan Taira, and boom, as we keep saying, overnight, the world of five became a world of seven. The streets came to life. 
the quiet streets came to life with all the chaos that the streets are capable of producing. The worst that the streets can produce, well, that's not, that was really not the worst. Jewish history is a testimony to the worst of the streets. Rahman Islam, Jewish history is a testimony to the worst. God forbid, God forbid that the test, that the streets can produce. This was not the worst. But some of the lower stuff that the, that the streets can produce because people get into a street energy, the world of seven. We went from, the whole world went from five, and then we had Mount Tyra, and then seven the next day. Unbelievable. I wonder where the six was, right? There was no. It just went straight from five, Matantar, right into seven. What is the difference between five and seven? Six, seven. The last two pieces distinguish five from seven. So now we want to go into something that I don't know if we discussed on the tape. Let's look in Tyra to see what are six and seven in Tyra. Because either the Torah is divided into five books or to seven books. So we said number six and seven are already a street, street type of energy, a lower type of energy, which you have to elevate, but it's a lower type of energy. So what are the first five farm? If, if, the, if the Torah is divided into seven, you have gracious, beautiful, about our Abbas. Shmais, wow, coming out of Mitzrayim, our history. Zayikra, oh, about Karbanas. Zamidbar, oh, traveling in the desert and being counted and being cherished by Hashem. And then, um, and then, Vayihi bin Soa Aaron, these two psukim, the Aaron is traveling in the desert. Beautiful. All of this is holy stuff. Now we come to Ding Dong, the sixth Sefer. What are the first words of the sixth? And the nation was like complainers. That's the beginning of the sixth, sixth book of the Torah. And the nation was like complainers. And we said the other day, Torah says, any place where it says Vayihi means it's not good news. It never means it's not good. Vayihi always means uh oh, not good news coming. And ha'am means when Hashem is speaking about us, not in the most complimentary tone, but when we've been troublemakers. And Kinnis Ainanim, a bunch of kvetches, complaining the whole time. This is the beginning of the sixth book of the Torah. And the seventh book of the Torah is all about all the admonition, all the, all the stepping, all the, uh, I, I don't know what the English word admonition is, too fancy a word. But all of the chastising, if you do this and that, and you did this and you did that, and look what you did wrong, and it's a heavy book. The seventh book is heavy with all the warnings, and it's not light. It's not like the first five, which are all beautiful and holy. It's, when it's, it's really relating to us. The sixth book and the seventh book are relating to us as when you get stuck on the street and you get swept up in the protest, you get really ugly. <laughs> Because that's what the energy of the street does to you. When you get stuck into, when you fall into the world of six and seven, which you need to do, be prepared to um, not be impressed the way you find yourself acting. Right? I mean, why, why in the world I just 
half an hour ago said to the UPS man, oh, sir, sir, please, I just explained to me why if you have so many UPS uh, package fees, um, why why are you wasting, and I said it as a joke, I thought it was very funny, why are you wasting, why waste your time bringing it to us, just give it directly to them, and then you don't have to spend so much time. And he did not find it funny, and I can see why he didn't find it funny, and I wonder why I found it funny. That was from the world of six and seven. That was not from the world of five. So here's this idea by Yehia Amkinus Einemim. And then again, after that, it goes into the sin of Miriam, and then the sin of the Meraglim, and then Kairach, and the, lots of uh, stuff that's not so complimentary. Why are the sixth and seventh books of the Torah not so complimentary? Because the sixth book in the Torah opens up the place for, after many, many, many stages of Hishtalshul's contraction, from holiness, it contracts. Holiness contracts, 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 down, 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 until you have um, the possibility of falling into a low situation in the world, which we saw this past couple of weeks. God forbid people in the street looting and doing lots of immoral things, things that are forbidden by the Torah. The possibility of anyone doing that comes from massive numbers of contractions of holiness to the point where the holiness is so contracted that you don't see it anymore, that it actually would make sense to a person that looting could be an okay thing. The people who looted and robbed and destroyed businesses and all that, of innocent people, actually, probably, many of them felt that they were doing a good thing. Or whatever convoluted, whatever convoluted reasoning they had going on in their head. And the direction that the world seems to be going in now, which is quite disturbing, is promoting that kind of convoluted number six and number seven philosophy, which is completely, excuse me, off the wall, very, very dangerous. Like, hey, let's not have any more policemen. Just take away those, just take away the money from them. We'll just have social workers. And they, somebody sent around a joke little thing, like somebody calls 911 and says, hello, yes, you've reached 911. If you're in distress, um, please get back, please leave your message, and we promise to get back to you within uh, 36 to 184 hours or something. Um, and then it says something like, we will see if we can set you up with an appointment for with a social worker that can talk to you about your feelings if you're in distress. And um, if you need immediate assistance, this is what it says, if you need immediate assistance, uh, please consider calling on your higher power. Goodbye, you've reached 911. That's what it says. Very interesting, right? Somebody clever put it together. This is where we're going, into the number six and seven, temporarily, into the number six and seven realities of uh, godliness so contracted that looting seems like it's a moral thing, and then, which is how and then political people, you know, p- people of influence, uh, government people, getting down on their knees and saying, yes, 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 yes. Oh, what would you like? No more police? Sure, sure, sure. What else would you like? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, an insane philosophy, which is not based on Torah, 
being promoted by the government itself, not the federal government, the state government. Um, this is when we've gone from, we've gone into the world of six and seven intensely. Now, let me ask you a question. Do we need, so the world of six and seven can get really grungy, very, very grungy. Would we say then that we need some people who are very clear and very wise, as we learned in Torah Kadasha, that by learning deep Hasidus in Torah Kadasha, we will become very wise? There will be wise people. And not only that, um, we will come to a time where the occupation of the whole world will be that they want to know God. And they really do. On some level, they do. They just got fell into such a contracted space that... The, White is blue and green is yellow. I'm afraid to use other colors, you know. So white is blue and green is yellow and pink is orange and everything is Maisha Kapira. And does it not look like we need some very, very wise people to do some leadership in the world? Now, those wise people cannot remain in their ivory tower in the world of five because they'll be in the world of five the other people will be on the streets in the world of six and seven, and never the twain shall meet. Well, that's not too fun. So how will the wise people, who clearly have the wisdom to know how to coach people to goodness, how will the wise people, um, and by the way, it is entirely possible to, we will have that situation in the Mesa Mashiach, where we won't have policemen anymore, it says so in Tyrus. We won't have Shaitrim anymore. We will have Yaasin. We will have only coaches and social workers. We're just not there yet. And the right kind of coaches are absolutely capable of bringing the world to that point, the ultimate coach being Mashiach himself. He's the ultimate coach. He brings the world to goodness, to a desire for goodness. And he coaches teams and teams, billions of coaches to become better coaches. He teaches all of us how to become excellent coaches for the world so that we can coach the world to goodness, to an internal goodness in a way of that the flame rises up by itself. Mashiach himself is training us how to coach each and every person in the world, especially through the simple act of giving them a Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Nayach card, a Sheva Mitzvah card, and that being in their pocket, that very thing already helps people tremendously. But um, this idea of everybody being trained to be coaches, that's the way it will be. We will be those coaches that will be constantly taking people higher and higher by knowing how to inspire, infuse them with a light that sparks the internal light in themselves so that they want to be good and better and better and better and better. We will be able to reach out to the people who are living in the world of six and seven and inspire them to become leaders, ambassadors of good and ambassadors of holiness.
And it's been happening already for many years. And that's why, you know, now we're receiving, we're receiving videos from the most surprising people standing up for truth. And, you know, you would think that they're people from the world of six and seven and they're saying some very powerful things and good things. So now we understand, you think we're going to reach those people? We as the coaches, are we going to reach those people if we sit in the world of five? They're living in the world of six and seven. You know, I'm I'm in Canada. You're in the United States. They've closed the border. I'm not going to reach you. And vice versa. So we Jewish people need to also be in the world of six and seven. We need to spend some time just in the beautiful, holy, um, pure space of five, where it's pure holiness. You go to shul, you're just there, you and Hashem. You're not supposed to be on your phone when you're in shul. You're not dealing with the world of six and seven. It's just you and Hashem in the world of five. It's interesting that that's the, what the Rabbanim are saying. That should be the up, part of the upgrade. It's not a simple one. That should be part of the upgrade. When you're in the shul, it's a five place, not a six and seven place. And, and, and use it out for marinating in pure holiness. And then go out to the world of six and seven. Which is why the Torah is both divided into five and into seven. And the Jewish people are divided into five and into seven. Because we have both identities. And we need to live in both worlds. As five, just marinate in pure holiness. Soak it all in. Unadulterated holiness. Soak it all in. Has to be powerful. Can't be watered down. As seven, now go out into the world on the streets. No demons playing. Hand out seven missus cards, etc. Speak to people. Interact with people. Be part of the world. Work in corporate America. Shop in Macy's. Etc. Etc. Go to Walmart. Be one of the people who's been shopping in Walmart. Walmart, just like everybody else. Go to Home Depot. Be part of the scene. But really, you're from the world of five. But you're also in the world of seven. You're in their world, and that gives you the ability to, whether in big groups or one person at a time, touch the inner core of each person and inspire it with light in a way that its flame rises up by itself. So you're coming from the world of five into the world of seven, and you also belong in the world of seven. So, um, and therefore, we can say, maybe that's why the sixth book of the Torah starts with these very powerful words, and the nation was like complainers. And that's in Parshas, and that is specifically in Parshas Balaischa. Because the point of the sixth book of the Torah is that it gives the Kaya from Torah for the Avaid of Tshuva. We need to mimic the behavior of the world of seven, which is somewhat grungy. We need to mimic it. We need to know what it feels like to be there. We need to pick up on that energy and experience the energy, energy ourselves. So we're in the energy and yet we're above that energy. Because as it says, we aren't misainanim. We're not complainers. We're, we're like complainers. 
Because as it says here, Yidin are not shayach to mitzanyin, mamish. We, we are not capable of being true complainers against Hashem. It just, it's an oxymoron. Can't do it. If you're a Yid, you can't really complain against Hashem in the deepest, the deepest core of your, your being. You can't. It just won't work. But you can be like, you can act like it and even convince yourself. You can be kimis einim with, with, with true kavana. In other words, when a Jew is, a, a Jew cannot be a misainim. A Jew cannot be a, somebody who complains against Hashem. Not he's not allowed to. It just won't work. He's going to try to hate Hashem and it's never going to work. He's going to do a poor job. You know, I, I don't have time to say all the examples of, you know, people seeing, you know, kids who have learned Hasidus and in nasty kind of places and saying, oh, yeah, you must be, uh, <laughs> you know, you know who they are. They're kids who have learned Hasidus. You know that. And they're, they're trying to play the, the game of being part of the scene and they're not doing a good job of it. They're not happy. Because we can't be true complainers against Hashem. It just doesn't work with our system, with who we are. But we can be chemist, I mean, like complainers. And therefore, what is the point of being like a complainer? The point is to bring out the advantage of Shuba. To bring out the advantage of Shuba. And from this comes the Kaya to do the Abide in the world. In other words, we're going to be like complainers. And it's going to get us to the point where we understand from the inside out what's it like to be somebody who's rioting on the street and, and feeling like there's no justice. What's really going on? And if I, you know, it doesn't mean I should be rioting on the streets, God forbid, but, but can I understand that? Did I ever protest against anything in my life? You know, somebody said something to me I didn't like, and in my mind I was upset. I had, I did a little protest march in my mind, like, what do you mean? How can you say that to me? Etc. We know we know how to feel that sense of complaining. This is not right. It's not fair. Um, somebody told me, you know, these kids came to. There were two backyards, and one belonged to one was empty, and the other one had all this playground equipment in it. And they said to the visiting kids, "You can't go to the yard next door. It's not ours." And and the kids said, "Well, that's not fair." They looked and they saw this fun equipment, swings and jumping and trampolines and all of that. And they said, that's not fair that we can't go there. What do you mean that's not fair? <laughs> Where are you coming from? The jungle? What do you mean that's not fair? It's not your law. It's not your, your, it's not your, it's not yours. You can't go there. It's somebody else's. You can't go there. That's not fair. So we as Yidden, we know how to be kindness onion, right? Complaining. That's not fair. But, but we do it because we're looking for the ultimate fairness. We, we put Hashem to a very high standard. We say, Hashem, when you look like you're not being fair to me, I'm going to, I'm going to speak out. And I'm, and why am I speaking out? Because Hashem, I want to get it straight. Let's work out our relationship. You fight in the Malchus, you know, the sixth and seventh. Let's work out our relationship, God. I think you're not being fair. Can you explain to me how you're being fair? Let's work this one out so that we come to a higher, a higher relationship with us, each other, Hashem, you and me. So my ultimate kavana, my ultimate purpose of being like a complainer is to, is to do tshuva, to come to this deep relationship with Hashem, and also to do the, 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 the avaita in the world, 
to take the whole world and transform it so that it becomes inwardly luminous and becomes a source of influence. And the Kayach, and we're going to, I think, probably end here, the Kayach for all of this comes from book number five. What is book number five? I wonder if I have it here. It's only two particular, here we go, two particular tukkins. The whole book is two particular tukkins. And remember, number five is opening up the way for number six and seven. Number five is still part of the realm of holiness. Six and seven are already that grungy street stuff. So I'm going to look and see if it jumps out from the page so that I can see if the inverted parentheses. But what is book number book number five? And uh, what are those two inverted parentheses? Vayihi bin Aaron. That the Aaron was traveling through the desert. Meaning, Tyra is traveling through the desert of the nations. It's traveling through the streets. It's traveling through all the stuff that is our regular, normal life. And the Tyra is it's, it's traveling throughout and it's lifting everything up. And therefore, What are the Pesukim? Ah, uh, just a second. The and the place where the psukim are oh boy, don't even get to see. The psukim say, Vahidin saw Aaron, when the Aaron, the holy Aaron, was traveling in the desert, Kumashem, stand arise Hashem, disperse your enemies, panecha. And and let your enemies disperse. Well that's very applicable today. Meaning Hashem, we're going with Taira right in front of us, which is guiding our way, and we're asking you, Hashem, that with this Taira, you know, the sparks the sparks of the Aaron went out in you know, in front and flattened all of the mountains, flattened all of the hills and killed all the scorpions and all the the snakes and all that and made everything in front of it beautiful and ready for us. This is, this, this is what is in these two psukkim. And that means it gives us the ability, it's, it's, it's purifying the low world and making it a place where we will sit and feel comfortable. And then the second pasuk is Uvenucha, and when the Aaron stopped, when the Aaron stopped traveling, it said, it said, come back Hashem, read with Alta Yisrael, that all the Yidden should come back, which is the Shekhinah coming back, coming down and resting, the revelation of Kedusha. So we'll sum up here. So this explains to us why we have six, seven books in the Torah, or five. And as we stand in these weeks, this is all before Chasidim, in that very holy day, it's a day that represents Kedush Hashem, and we'll talk about it on Friday. It is a day that is the embodiment of the Kiddush Hashem of Yidin throughout all the generations. Who suffered, they wanted to stay in their world of five. But they were forced into the streets and the ugliness of the streets, the world of six and seven. And at that point, we were victims. 
of the world of six and seven. It's an ugly world sometimes. But we are being told by Hashem that our job now is to go into the world of six and seven with the power of Tyrus. As it says, and the Aaron is traveling through the desert of the nations, and we are the representatives of the Aaron. And we we are there to uplift and clean up that world that we're traveling through, that desert that we're traveling through, because the Shekhinah is with us. This is not a job that, when we're being sent into the world of six and seven, it's, we have all the power of Tyra. If Tyra was only divided into five, well, yeah, great. So five is pure holiness, and when you're sent into the world of six and seven, you're all alone. But Tyra also says, don't worry. I have a five identity, and I have a seven identity. When I'm in the seven identity, I'm there in the world. I'm with you. You're not going alone. You're standing behind the Aaron. And the Aaron is going out into the world. You are safe. I am fighting your battle. I am fighting your battles. You are safe. You are in good shape. You have nothing to worry about. You will be safe. But you must go into the world of six and seven. Down into the the lower world because they need your guidance, which is the guidance of Tyra, of coming in a human form. They can't just have a sacred tour and Aaron traveling throughout the streets. They need real people who are the living Aaron, the living Torah, called the Jewish people, in the streets, in, in Macy's, in Walmart, in Home Depot, etc. Being bastions of light, beacons of light, and bringing the world to a place where, with, at, beacons of light because the Shekhinah is with us. And being the ones through whom the Shekhinah has a place, a resting place in this world. So may it be that we have the true Aaron, that, that the Aaron will be the one and only vehicle uh, that is traveling throughout the world, that, there, that we come to the moment which, please God, it should be now, that all there is is the Aaron. All there is is pure Tyra, fully integrated into the world, with the world begging, we want Tyra, as they're saying, we want truth, we want justice. We want the truth of Tyre. We want it here. We want it now. And we want Mashiach. Immediately we want Mashiach now. May it be before Chav that we have Mashiach right now.